0: Hello, and welcome to We Talk. A podcast that explores the role of Waldorf education in helping children, parents, and families thrive in an ever-changing world. We Talk is brought to you by Shining Mountain Waldorf School, and this is your host, Nita June Devanzo. Hello
1: and welcome, wonderful We Talk listeners. Today I bring on to our show Azure Wickoff. Azure grew up in Boulder and of course attended Shining Mountain Waldorf High School. And she is currently undertaking a quite amazing endeavor that you will hear about in just a moment out near North Boulder called Yellow Barn Farms. Azri wants to note that she is fascinated by people and relationships, particularly in conjunction with tech and nature-based system design. She is an advisor and an essentialist, her words. She organizes information, thoughts, beliefs, tension, so that she can best advise people and groups. She likes to build bridges of trust with people one-on-one and to facilitate building it in teams. She is doing this work and more in her current endeavors at Yellow Barn Farm. And without further ado, welcome to our show. Azure, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of We Talk.
2: Yeah, so glad to be here. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's been a moment since we last connected, and a lot has happened in your life, which we're going to hear about today. Um, You graduated over a decade ago, which is one in and of itself amazing. You graduated in 2010, and um, since then, I'm wondering, my dear, if you can just share with our listeners... A bit about what has taken shape in this past decade: um, school, travel, work, etc.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, from when I graduated Waldorf, which was back in 2010, um, I went and studied international affairs and Chinese at CU Boulder. I lived abroad in Nanjing, China, for a year. Learned a lot there. Then ended up moving to Boston and where I was at for like the last five years. And through that experience, ended up working with my, one of my best friends, Charles, with his moving company, Small Hall, which we are now about to bring out to Boulder, which is pretty exciting. I actually just moved back to Boulder um, back in October, about two days before the Calwood fire happened. So that was pretty wild
1: wow and you're right next to it i mean you're right there oh, yeah.
2: it came about five feet from the farm so that was pretty insane
1: <laughs> i'm glad you're okay and the farm's okay yeah yeah and congratulations on uh small hall moving to boulder that's Thank you cool too okay. okay and i will let you continue Judy, if you would like to, to elaborate on any further things there after uh being in boston yeah
2: um, so a small haul was pretty impactful. That has really shaped who I am, uh, as a person right now. And it's taught me pretty much every single skill I think I've acquired in the last two years and bringing that out here is actually what's really been the impetus for wanting to come back. And then also helping my family with this amazing farm that we've had for the last 20 years and really focusing on bringing that up to, um, being really a demonstration farm of just regenerative ecosystems of both agriculture, education, economics, really finding a slot for everyone. So that's really been my main focus of the last couple of months. And there's many, many things that have kind of flowed in between and all around all these incredible things so that I don't feel like I'm totally stretched between everything. It truly feels like everything weaves together. That's pretty been pretty cool.
1: That's wonderful. It is interesting to think. I think many Walder students actually feel this way, that, you know, we do a lot of different things. and Well, they are different things, but when we can take a bigger picture look at it, um, they're actually, you're wearing, you know, so to speak, the same hat. You're just doing it for a different project. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, uh, uh, a different business or, you know, with different people. Um, So when you... We're in Boston and you um, were working there with your friend. What were, I mean, what was it like at the beginning of starting Small Hall? Why did you think to launch it? Take us back there.
2: Yeah, that was, it was very unexpected. Um, Charles had actually purchased the company, uh, it had been around for almost 13 years before he bought it, and he recognized that. Moving is just one of those needs that everyone has. And there was a gap in the market that really needed to be filled, particularly with small moves and technology, really bringing in technology to make it a lot easier to move. Um, Moving has kind of become like a recurring expense for most people. And we really, when I joined, I actually joined him about two years after he had bought it. And he did a lot of the hard work of just getting the whole thing up off the ground And really, when I came in, um, I thought I was only going to help him for maybe a week or two during the peak busy season, just answering emails and helping hiring and stuff. And then I got completely sucked into this whole business and really realizing that being on such a small team where it was really just the two of us in the beginning um, with just some people who were helping out with the actual moves, we had full creative control. And we could truly shape this into anything that we wanted it to be. And that was unlike anything that I'd ever really been involved in before. And I'd mostly been involved in small projects, um, had never really worked in like the corporate life. And I was used to startup mode, but never really getting to have like a true influence on the way that it would be shaped and designed. And I think my organizational skills kind of took over and I just started like, fixing all the systems and trying to make it so that there was the least amount of friction and also just kind of falling over myself, <laughs> trying to learn everything as we went. Um, and it was amazing. It was just really realizing that we were at this really interesting junction in what small trajectory could be. And we could really build it into you know, the normal moving company that didn't follow everything that everyone else does, or we could actually try to Uberize this, or we should really make it based on technology, make it flexible, make it super cost-effective and affordable and fun and engaging. So we took that route.
1: Wow. So tell me just a little bit about it too. So you said it's, you know, it's integrated with technology. It's for the average person, you know, just moving what apartments? I mean, is it full houses? Um, And that you said, I love that you use the word Uberizing. Um,
2: (laughs) So tell me more about that. Yeah. So uh, we really looked at this of like, What can the next level of Uber really be? Um, You know, Uber is great if you just are looking for a very, very flexible, small gig, very low barrier to entry. If you have a car, that's great. Um, But you have to do it pretty consistently to make enough money to feel like you're getting your basic needs met. We really wanted something that was very much geared towards college kids or young professionals, people that just wanted something to do on the weekends and was fun. It was super flexible. It paid well. Um, it was engaging and was very much like what I realized is really integrating your body, getting into your physical form learning how to use your hands. And I think what I really loved about moving is that it's kind of just the most simple and honorable service you can do is that you're out in the field and you're actually helping people who need a service done that they couldn't have done themselves. And I know that Like generally speaking, moving is not sexy. It's not a glamorous industry, but it's- People don't enjoy it. (laughs) No, no no one enjoys it. People are at the height of a very stressful time in their lives, but if we can come in and make that whole process way simpler that they can go on, fill out all their information because we're very, very diligent on all the information we collect- And then it goes to our crew. It's actually our crew members who are sending out the quotes and the estimates. They're managing the entire process. They're dealing with all the logistics. If anything ever goes wrong, you're not dealing with middle management. You're dealing with the crew that made the mistake. And we're kind of here to facilitate that process. And the beauty of this entire thing, and really what I think I've taken away from it, is how do you empower people to truly build up sustainability of really building their own economic foundation and giving them the power to actually make decisions and move into higher levels of leadership and responsibility.
1: That's incredible, sweetie. I mean, it's like, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, just about how in any work you can bring integrity and, um, uh the, like the human element and goals for um self-development and um support of each other in community into anything that you do really really truly and of course you know it, it is most effective when it starts at the top as you are yes you and um charlie or charles charlie yeah that you to you know implement it there as that structure and that's incredible um yeah. So you were fully integrated in in the midst of that work.
2: What prompted your return back to Colorado? Yeah, Um, well, I think this year has been pretty wild for everyone. (laughs) Um, And I think just, you know, when the pandemic hit, I was still in Boston, and we got about five days notice that all of these schools were going to be evacuating, essentially. And it was this mass exodus out of the city and we were in the midst of that we were moving out every single student we were shipping boxes all over the country we were the only people leaving their houses and I think just over the next couple of months of just seeing what was going on globally there just started to be this whisper that turned into a shout over the summertime of just feeling like I I need to go back home. I need to go home. I need to be back to the land. I need to get back to my close knit community. I need to be back with my family because there's something here and I'm not really sure what it is, but I can definitely hear the call and I'm recognizing it. And I just made steps over the last about a year now of just kind of closing off everything and making sure that all the the ties were tied and that I could leave and not feel like a small hall was going to completely fall apart. And coming home was truly like this realization that I am, I'm definitely here. I needed to be here. And there was a big reason to come home. Um, I got here two days before the fire, just in time to help evacuate everything. We thought we were going to lose the whole property. And part of me was like, you made me come home for this. (laughs) Like, that's insane. And then it wasn't burnt, nothing happened. And I think it just kind of hit home that, the universe was essentially just telling me, like, that you're here. You're here to work on that place, and you know, appreciate it. The fact that you have it, be here and be present, and pay attention.
1: It's interesting to me too that you came back and like had to do that move, like for your home. You know what you'd been doing, and then yeah, the intricacies and whether that's a that's a detail or of importance at all, but that. <laughs> you were like okay here I am was focusing on moving and now we're moving my home yeah um and I deeply resonate with that Azrae just this that 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 call towards home I mean probably very similarly around the same time as you I returned back to Colorado and definitely pandemic related life related different events and there was just this um yeah just this like oh it's time okay Hmm. um you gotta follow that Yeah. yeah So you had noted, so your family has owned this farm for 20 years. Um, It's called Yellow Barn Farm. Tell us a bit more about just the mission and the vision for it right now.
2: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, my family's owned this place for 20 years. So anyone who knows me in Boulder from the Waldorf community well, definitely remember it. It used to be a big horseback riding facility. Um, a lot of kids my age, my sister's age were out there riding horses growing up as kids. And I um, you know we had a couple <laughs> high school parties out there as well that we'll all remember. And it was just such a magical place to grow up. And about six years ago, we just realized like we didn't have the bandwidth to keep moving this whole project forward. It just took a lot of energy and resources and we started slowly winding it down, really planning to sell it. And I think most people know that like we've been trying to sell that place for really five, six, seven years and often had people come, they were interested, felt like a really good fit, pen to paper, ready to sign contracts. And for whatever reason, things have always fallen through with those sales. And I think that over the last two years in particular, we have really been at this juncture of what do we do with this place? It is a huge property. It's a lot of maintenance. There's nothing going on. Do can, Do we want to keep it or do we just kind of sell it and be rid, with, rid of it? And I came back to Colorado over the summer just to see, kind of trying to figure out like, okay, what's the next step for this property? Um, and we ended up holding um, an event with a bunch of like entrepreneurs and investors in the network and just trying to see if anyone wanted to take the lead on that and do something with it. And no one did. Everyone was like, no way. But this sounds like an amazing opportunity. You guys should definitely do something with it. And here are a ton of ideas. And I just kind of sat on that for a couple of months just thinking, oh, my God, like, I don't I don't want to do that. If no one else wants to do it, do we just get rid of it or do we just try something? Do we give it one last shot and see what we can make of it? And I think by the end of the summer, I realized, okay, this is it. I'm coming home to do this. We're doing this one mass effort. And if it works, amazing. It's going to be the dream that we always wanted. And I think my mom, myself, my sister have always wanted to turn this into truly a beautiful sanctuary, really, at the heart of it is really building this out to be an ecosystem that is play all the time like a summer camp for all ages all year of just adventures and everything that we loved about Waldorf with the maypole and the education and the classes and workshops and integrating food and being very holistic of how we are aware of what we put into the soil and how we take care of the earth and what we put into our bodies and trying to really think of like what are all the outputs that are being wasted in these ecosystems and can we find other places where those can be inputs So, Yeah, it's been amazing. It's definitely coming to fruition. And we're just seeing all the pieces come together so beautifully. And as people start to hear more and more about the project, they just want to get involved. I think people want to be outside and get their hands in the dirt. And we're trying to make that space into a place where anyone can just jump in and really contribute and come to life. That is
1: fantastic. So two questions next. Um, what would you say is your title right now? Um, actually a couple of questions. I'm just going to, um, give to you. What, what do you feel like is your title right now? How many people are working you and in your family are there and, um, what types of involvement can, um, someone take on in the community? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I would say I don't really have a title. I just float between all these projects. But I've kind of playfully labeled myself as like a, a human software engineer. i really trying to identify who are the people that we have in this entire ecosystem and where do they fit best in the system? How can we really bring people to life by bringing them into greater alignment with what they're naturally good at and what they really love doing? And I've realized that By using this kind of a methodology, uh, instead of just saying, hey, there's a gap in the system, just grab someone and put them in there and then train them how to do it. It's really identifying who are the people that we have in the system and who wants to play and what are they naturally gifted at? How can we actually build a position around them so that they are into that genius and state of flow that whatever they're doing, they love doing it so much that it doesn't feel like work. It feels like play. That's what I'm really trying to create.
1: I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fantastic, sweetie. So much of what you're saying, I think of, and you've mentioned of education a couple of times, but, um, do you feel like there are specific things from your time at shining mountain that you learned there or that you're, you know, integrating on a, on a daily or weekly basis?
2: Yeah. I think what I realized, especially coming home and just like getting these little flashes of memories from just being a kid I just realized how much Waldorf really did impact me and how much of it influenced my, like the cohesion between the head, the heart and the hands that I can now look at things that may be completely abstract or completely siloed in different industries and kind of gather that knowledge and synthesize it in a way that makes sense. And I can then translate it and communicate it to people where they might only be stuck in that one silo. And if I can kind of use a framework that relates specifically to that silo, it, under, it translates way more effectively. And so much of this has come through my experience with Waldorf of just getting to play and getting to explore and getting to really be a kid and being surrounded by beautiful colors and incredible people and having this very close knit community that's always supported each other. I'm really trying to take a lot of those tenants from what we've had and integrate that into what we're building here.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Which actually, I didn't let you answer that last the last piece of the, of the question. Um, who all is working at Yellow Barn
2: right now? So we have a fairly small team of probably five core people. And a lot of what I'm kind of trying to work on is actually building like organizational models that help us try to build team coherence a lot more effectively just by decreasing friction in a team. So, identifying who are our leads and what domain are they a lead of. So, whether that's, you know, marketing and sales or tech or HR, management, operations, whatever that might be for that specific domain or ecosystem, Um, who are the core team that support within those domains? Who are our technicians, like the contractors who might just come in, hop in and out? Um, Who are the advisors within each of those domains? And then ultimately, who are we really doing all of this energetic input for? Whether that be customers or our community or whoever that end result might be. Um, And so, yeah, so we are actually working with our partners at Drylands Agroecology, this amazing group of people down the road from us actually Um, His name is Nick DiDomenico and he is fantastic. He's my age and we have all just super vibed. And it's amazing because he's got such incredible knowledge of permaculture, of these earth design systems, of regenerative systems. And if you've heard of like Kiss the Ground, amazing Mm -hmm. stuff that they're doing with like the silvopastures and um, carbon sequestration. So we're taking all of what he's been doing on small scale on his farm and actually doing it large scale um, at our farm. So it's amazing.
1: Wow, how fantastic, Sudie! So you mentioned bringing in, you know, like um, the community, you know, to play with you on the farm. So would that be, I mean, are there still horses there? Would that be people coming in to help, you know, build the gardens or community gardens? What, what does that all entail with the community involvement?
2: Yeah, um, there are no longer horses, but that's definitely a piece we're going to bring bring back fairly soon. Um, but right now, I think the best way for community to get involved, um, we have a couple projects that are running. So I've made a couple different forms that people can fill out, whether they have soft skills or hard skills. If people want to volunteer, um, actually coming, helping us put up the hoop house, uh, planting all the trees. We're going to be doing a really big Tree planting day, um, April 16th through the 18th, which will be our carbon sequestration celebration. Um, We're currently running a GoFundMe. So if anyone wanted to purchase a tree that they can then come plant, we would absolutely invite everyone in the community to do that. Um, We have just launched our compost initiative. So a lot of people are just wasting food scraps as you're cooking in the kitchen. They're going into the garbage or the sink disposal. And we're trying to capture that wasted output and actually use it as a vital resource on the farm. So that goes towards the pigs and they are thrilled about that. And it also creates a revenue stream that then can then supplement and rebuild the ecosystem in the farm. So it's been super, super helpful to have that uh, because it's twofold. People feel like they're able to not be wasteful with their food scraps. It goes towards an awesome cause. And then as that program expands, we actually want to take that as a template for other farms in the area as a revenue stream, as an additional input and um, a way for the community to feel good about where their scraps are going. Um, And then another thing we're working on is actually the knowledge network. So this I've just used as a form for anyone in the community who wants to just put in their skills, uh, who they are, what they're capable of, how they'd like to contribute in any way. And that's been probably one of the most fun things is realizing that this community has so many skills. And as we start to capture this, as they fill out that form, it creates kind of a digital business card, um, but more about who you are, not so much your whole resume of what you've accomplished, but really what lights you up. Like, what would you like to do if ultimately there was a perfect position for you? And I think the most interesting thing that's come out of this is that as more people have filled it out There are additional people who come in actually requesting specific skills, and we've got a little form for that. It's called a request for service. So, people who fill that out, I'm actually manually matchmaking teams right now. So, skills coming from the knowledge network versus uh, requests for service that are coming in from within the network, matching those people up with opportunities that would be a really good fit for what they want to do. That is phenomenal. How fantastic! And who would have thought, like, on a
1: farm, that this is also the work that you are doing, you know, (laughs) I mean, providing opportunities and matchmaking. Yeah. 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 How phenomenal. Ezra, what is it? I'll include this too, in the, in the transcript. Um, But for those who are listening or watching, what is the website where people could go and learn more?
2: It is www.yellowbarn.farm.
1: Oh, I like that you can have dot farm. I did not. Yeah, right. That's yeah. hmm, cool. Okay. www.yellowbarn.farm. I might just go in and fill something out too.
2: <laughs> Love it. And also, just send that to you. It's all pretty easy to Perfect. find in the homepage. Great. So,
1: my last question for you, my dear. If you were to take yourself, well, you could, you could, you could take yourself back to high school or not. Um, either giving yourself as a high school student you know a bit of wisdom or insight or advice or just some insight and wisdom advice for the high school students who are there today
2: yeah yeah I think when I was in high school my biggest question was trying to identify why am I here what is my purpose what is my mission and it was something that no one else could help me answer and I thought that that was probably the most frustrating thing it's a question that just didn't seem to have an answer no matter where I searched and as I've grown up I've realized that there are ways that you can identify who you are and getting that kind of clarity especially from an early age is something it's such an invaluable tool because it really helps you create a mental framework of how you make decisions and by using this It's shown me that as opportunity comes my way, if I can identify, if it's something that I know that I'm either naturally good at, or I love doing, or ideally both, I'm going to be of higher value. If it's neither of those things, I will be negative value and I won't enjoy it. And this is just like one of the very, very simple tools that I kind of use to navigate my life on a day-to-day basis. But it's something that I am trying to give to other people because I've realized that that kind of clarity and level of self-awareness is so profound in the way that it gives you a path to follow in life. And it's something that I'm working on. And if there's anyone out there that is feeling lost or they don't know who they are or need clarity or guidance, contact me. That is like my jam. It's what I realize my puzzle piece is in this whole world and my mission. And it's what I absolutely love doing. It puts me in my absolute highest and best.
1: I love that. I mean, you just absolutely light up when you speak about that. And so it's clearly is your um, purpose for being here. And again, like I noted, just so fascinating that you can do that and you are doing that in different capacities, right? You know, with small hall and now, um, yellow barn farm, like, and who knows what the next iteration of this will be, but that, that is your, um, yeah, your calling, um, in this life. How fantastic, sweetie. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. You are a joy and just this like beacon of light and inspiration and force. And
0: um, thank you for I'm listening so to, to We Talk brought to, brought to, to you by, by Shining Mountain Waldorf back School back and hosted by and Nita June Navonzo. We Talk is made possible because of two two listeners like you, so you your who time. invest in the production of the show. Share your appreciation for what you've heard today. Help us explore the value of Waldorf education and preparing our children for the future by going to patreon.com forward slash we talk podcast. If you'd like to be interviewed, have a suggestion for an episode ahead or simply wish to share feedback, please email us at wetalk at smwaldorf.org.